Welcome to the fifth bonus episode of the National Secular Society podcast hosted by Emma Park. The NSS has just released a report about religious influence on schools called Power Grab, Academization and the Threat to Secular Education. I'm joined now by Alistair Lichten, Head of Education at the NSS, to discuss the purpose of the report and its key findings. Alistair, first of all, what was the purpose of this report? Oh, morning, Emma. So, for many years, the National Secular Society has been one of the few organisations really raising alarm of the fact that through academization, that's the process by which schools in England become released from local authority control and become academies, that that has led to a big increase in religious governance and religious control, including within non-faith schools. We've raised specific examples, and uh, some of those are talked about in the report. So, for example, nine schools in one area joined together to become an academy trust, and because one of them is a faith school, that becomes a faith-based academy trust. We've tried over the years to get clarification and information from the Department for Education about this issue, and we've just been stymied at almost every turn. So the Department of Education say, oh, they don't know which academy trusts um, have a religious ethos, or we ask them which academy trusts are mixed, that's containing a mix of faith and non-faith schools, and they get back to us with with, inconsistent or strange information. So with this report, we decided just to sit down and to just try and work out, based on model funding agreements and the information that was available about schools, which schools, which have become academies or new academies, are in which trusts and which of those are religious or not. Talking of of these um, trusts, um, now your report looked at a range of schools which had been absorbed into these multi-academy trusts. Just quickly, what is the significance of this structure? Well, it can be very confusing for parents in England that there are quite a range of different types of schools. So traditionally, we had three main types in England, which were voluntary controlled, voluntary aided. Those were different types of faith schools and community schools, which were non-faith schools. We also had you know, things like foundation schools and, and, and some other small um, strange, strange models. Uh, through academization, what happens is the school is no longer controlled by the local authority, but is controlled by an independent organization called a trust. And they can be modeled along the same similar lines to a voluntary controlled or voluntary aided school or could be a faith school or could ha- be a community ethos in that they have no specific religious designation. What were the key findings of your report? We found that more than 2,600 non-faith academies, as academies that shouldn't have a faith ethos or designation, and that's actually almost half of the academies of non-faith academies in multi-academy trusts, were actually in trusts that had some form or likely have some form of religious governance. This is several thousand schools which you would think would be just run along entirely secular lines and would have no special religious input, in fact potentially having uh, policies dictated by religious appointees. We also found that 265 former community schools had, since academization, acquired a faith ethos or designation. In other words, um, schools which were previously non-denominational at all um, had become more religious. Does, Does that mean overall that more schools are now 
um, have have some religious influence than used to. Yes, but it's no longer enough just to see whether or not the school itself has a faith basis. You also need to look at the trust in within which it operates. So you could have a school which describes itself and operates on a day-to-day basis as a non-faith or community ethos school, but still has some policies which are decided by religious appointees. Let's look at those um, appointees and let's look at the different ways in which religious groups and individuals can influence these schools. So first of all, um, there's the governors of the school and the trustees. How might they be influenced by religious organisations? On a day-to-day basis, the governance or uh, structure of a school can seem somewhat disconnected from what happens in the school on any given day. But these things do influence policy over a longer period of time. One of the case studies in the report we looked at was a non-faith, a community ethos school, which is part of a faith-based multi-academy trust. And since it became part of that trust, policy dictated that the collective worship requirement was enforced much more stringently. When you have people in the people in the room making the decision, uh, and those could be decisions uh, that could be very quite routine or could be profound and really go to the heart of the ethos of the school. In a non-faith, in a community ethos school, you'd expect those people to be appointed in, in, in a, either democratically or meritoriously. You wouldn't expect them, or you shouldn't expect them to be promoted based on their faith ethos. And, and what you're saying is that now a lot more of these governors and trustees are being appointed because of their religious um, affiliations. Yes, potentially. Although it is, as we as we said in the report, it is very difficult to find that to just to find this these things out to find out how many people are appointed by particularly uh, dioceses and boards of education. Well, let's talk now about the um, designation or ethos of the school. Um, overall, would you say that that schools have become more religious um, in other ways as well since they became academies, not just um, in terms of the governance structure, but um, in other ways on a day-to-day level? You, you mentioned collective worship and other examples as well. So it's kind of a hallmark of uh, schools which don't have a religious designation, a community ethos, that they are much more likely to interpret the collective worship requirement more broadly and to almost interpret it out of existence so schools to be more likely to hold simply inclusive assemblies that uh, provide an opportunity for worship but don't dictate it when you have trust-wide policies promoting collective worship that can affect all schools in the trust non-faith community ethos schools are expected to teach locally determined religious education but if you have at a trust level deciding what um, what textbooks are going to be bought, what um, professional career development opportunities there are going to be for teachers, that can also influence then how it's delivered, even if it is technically still non-denominational. There's also the issue of voluntary controlled faith schools. And I don't really want to get deeply into terminology and differences, but many people uh, have an experience and think about voluntary controlled faith schools which are church of england schools typically as being um much more light touch uh, maybe you know sort of a halfway house between some of the, the more stricter faith schools and community schools however through academization we're seeing that difference between voluntary controlled and voluntary aided faith schools diminish 
And once a, a faith school, a voluntary controlled faith school, which previously may have had a degree of independence from the diocese, once it's forced into and has no choice about what trust it goes into, it's forced into a multi-academy trust backed by the diocese, that's a much tighter level of control over it. And therefore, that's one of the many ways in which particularly Church of England, who controls some of these VC faith schools, are attempting to increase the rigour of their religious ethos. In your view, Alistair, what needs to be done to counter what, what seems to be a resurgence in religious influence in schools? The report makes a number of recommendations for both national and local policymakers, and we will be writing both to the Department for Education and regional school commissioners. Ultimately, if we want to protect community ethos education, then we need to start taking it seriously. There are whole mechanisms in place to protect faith schools ethos, but, there's, but the DfE have shown time and time again that they simply don't value or take seriously enough the protection of community school ethoses. It's unsurprising because the faith school lobby is very well organised and there's, just, there's not a comparable lobby for protecting uh, non-faith or community ethos schools. What can members do if they feel strongly about this? It would, be, it would be great if supporters in England could share the report with their, with their MPs. We've got a facility on our website and we'll link it in the show notes to, to start with a template letter. If you're affected by any of the issues in this report, so for example, if you work in or are a governor or a parent who attends a non-faith school that is um, being forced into a faith-based multi-academy trust, or you have religious um, governance in your academy trust, with, despite it not containing any faith schools, or you know, even if you are um, uh, involved in a faith school which values its independence and, and doesn't want to be promoting a very strict religious ethos, but you feel you're being forced into that through academization, then definitely get in touch and we'll be happy to support you. I, I'd also, uh, as, I, as, I, as I might always say, is if you support, if you're interested in this report and you support the work of the NSS, then please do uh, join or donate. Reports like this and original research and the time that goes into providing casework support for the people affected is um, hugely time-consuming, but we think very valuable. Alastair Lurchton, thank you very much. Thanks. This episode was produced by the National Secular Society, all rights reserved. The views expressed by contributors do not necessarily represent those of the NSS. You can access the show notes and subscriber information for this and all our episodes at secularism.org.uk forward slash podcast. For feedback, comments and suggestions, please email podcast at secularism.org.uk. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a positive review wherever you can. Thanks for listening and I hope you can join us next time.